Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. This is Chris. We are continuing our walk through the gospel, uh, looking at Luke 14. So today I'm going to read uh, Luke 14, beginning in verse 15, just a portion of the daily office reading uh, for, for this day. One of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his servant out to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, and I must go and see it. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I have bought a five yoke of oxen, and I must go and try them out. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I have just been married, therefore I cannot come. So the servant returned and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have ordered has been done, and yet there is still room. And then the master said to the servant, Go out into the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who are invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would give us the grace today to hear your words. Jesus, I specifically ask you to help us to hear your heart in this story, uh, to not be distracted by things that would be distracting, Lord, but to help us to see what's really going on here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as we walk through uh, the Advent season, preparing our hearts for Christmas, I think this story actually touches on something really, really worthy of our consideration, really important, uh, important for you and me to believe. This is a story about the kingdom of heaven, the culture of God, the culture that God creates as king. And so this is a story meant to illustrate what God is like and what the spaces he creates are like. So in this story, Jesus compares God's kingdom to a dinner. A dinner party. Note, it is not compared to a church service or um, a governmental structure or um, any number of more boring bureaucratic things. The kingdom is compared to a party, a feast, an elaborate party where good things are served. And I think it's just so important for us to stop right there and consider that. The kingdom of God, the place where God is king, the rule and reign of God, that space he creates is more like a party than a church service or a vestry meeting or a business. I think that God invites us in just that simple statement to reimagine the kind of spaces God creates. He creates spaces that are festive, celebratory, places where God's able to work and move. The places where God wants to work and move in your life and mine create conditions conducive to the good life. And we're told in this story that Jesus tells that many are invited to the great dinner. God is super generous with his invitations. We're told that he invites many. He says, come, everything's ready now. But in the story, Jesus tells people make excuses. There are a lot of reasons why people choose not to come. One has just made a purchase of land. It's indicative of that person creating space for himself to be established, right? Like, I just bought some land. I need to go check out this space I've made for myself. The other has bought oxen, indicative of him creating power and provision for himself. He's like, I need to take these oxen on a test drive, like this muscle I've bought. One, it's space. The other, it's muscle, power. Uh, 
Another was married, indicative of him pursuing belonging and satisfaction in a relationship. And y'all, there's nothing wrong with buying land. Oxen, I mean, I guess you're not probably buying oxen, but acquiring power or finding satisfaction and belonging in human relationships. These are all very legitimate things for people to pursue. But in the story Jesus tells, he's alluding to the fact that they and we also, if we're not careful, can pursue um, space, power, and intimacy in a way that would be a substitute for the festive atmosphere that God wants us to receive all of those things in. So do you hear they're not bad, but they can be a rival or a substitute? I think we are always being invited. But the reality is we are also always tempted to be distracted from the invitation. So what does Jesus do? Does he just shut the party down? No. In this story that he tells, the master says, well, since the usual suspects, those who expected I expected to attend would not participate, the owner then extends the invitation far and wide. And at the time of the New Testament, this was about Gentile exclusion, or inclusion rather, um, that God extended the invitation to the insiders, the Jews, and they rejected. And so then he says, well, we're going to open this thing wide open. He wants people to respond to his invitation. I, when I hear a story like this, I think of my own family of origin. Um, we're a bunch of outsiders, um, people, drug addicts and criminals. And um, gosh, when my grandmother died, when I was a young, young adult, uh, you know, one of my family members had to be let out of jail to come to um, the funeral. We come from a long line of people who were stepping outside the quote unquote good life. And yet, God extends the invitation far and wide. So when I hear a story like this, I'm thankful because I think that I got in <laughs> because God's so generous with his invitation. The thing I love about the story, though, is even after inviting all those outsiders, we're told there's still room. There's still room. There's always room. Jesus is always making more room. And I think that one of the things that I think we can hold as we sit with a text like this walking through the Advent season, it's just that there's always room at the table that God is always looking to include. And so when I look at my own relationships, I look at people who are far from God, maybe not pursuing God, I think the Lord is always pursuing them. He's always looking for them. He's always desiring to draw them in. And if we can have a similar heart for people, we're going to start to think like Jesus. We're going to start to think like God. He's always looking to draw people in. So who in your life is he looking to draw in? Maybe it's you. Maybe right now you feel like you're on the outside. Jesus looks at us when we're on the outside, when things are not great, when we're not living up to expectations. And he says, I still love you. I want you to be a part of the thing that I am doing. My prayer for you today is that you would respond to God's invitations, whatever they are and wherever they are, that you would see that the Lord has got good things in his heart for you and for the people around you. So let's look for Jesus Let's look for his invitation and let's recognize that the stuff he invites you into is less like church and more like a feast. God bless you. Go in peace.